Kevin Foote with Rising Tide Startups. My guest today is Lindsay Sutherland. Lindsay, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide. My pleasure, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Well, it's really good to have you, and I'd like you to share a little bit about uh, who Lindsay Sutherland is. Well, I think first and foremost in this day, I am a mom. I have four beautiful kids, and they're my biggest reason for pretty much everything I do in my life. I've been married and with my husband now for almost 13 years, Um, and prior to my home ec life, (laughs) (laughs) I uh, worked in the automotive industry for the last 20 years, virtually up until just last December, and um, I spent my career doing everything in the service industry from working as a service advisor to being in finance, internet director, and even sold cars. Yes, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's a little bit about myself. Now I live in North Idaho. I just recently relocated from Arizona. I love it here. I kind of did, they they call it up here, they call it living the North Idaho dream. And all the realtors will tell you that this is what everybody's doing. They're trying to, you know, escape the rat race and live in a log cabin home. And that's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm living the dream here. So did you buy this or build it or build it on site or what, what was kind of the, the foundation here of, of the, the new homestead? Yeah, well, my husband wanted to build um, and I couldn't do that. Like with four kids, I just couldn't imagine living in a yurt or an RV for, for who knows how long. Um, it just, I just, the idea just made me cringe as much as I, I wanted to try to do it that way. So we ended up finding a home that was already built and it was actually a pretty magnificent story how everything came to fruition uh, and the house fit us to a t we had made lists of exactly the things that we wanted and it fit us what was so cool is when we came up here to first do the walkthrough there were things about this house that we had kind of you know on our list that we weren't even aware it had because they hadn't had it in the listing like a jacuzzi and then the original log cabin home those were like two bonus things that were we're here, but we had no idea until we actually came through to do the walkthrough. So how did you, I mean, I'm sure you didn't throw a dart at a map. I mean, how did you decide where you wanted to live? Was it based on where you could find a house or did you have a specific area that you said, this is where we're going? This is the town. This is the area. This is the valley. How did you decide that? Okay. So this is a, this is a story that's been in the making for almost 10 years. My husband and I have been thinking of moving and homesteading and we started out all over the place, all over the map, essentially looking for what, what state resonated with us for lots of different reasons, from water rights to homeschooling to building codes to political views. I mean, all kinds of things that would, mm-hmm. you know, you would look for in your next hometown. Uh, but we, we hadn't thought of Idaho. And uh, my husband is a YouTube fan. He started watching people that had done what we were talking about doing, and he found these this family. And it turns out they went to Idaho. So we started looking at it, and the more we looked, the more we loved. And it wasn't until almost two years ago that we took our first road trip. We took a 12-day road trip with the kids. We drove up through Idaho, and then we ended up going over to Washington and camping on the beach. My uncle lives out there, so that was fun. But that was our first time here, and we fell in love with the town. I mean, and the the state is, if you've ever been to Idaho, it's breathtakingly gorgeous. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I mean, I've only been down kind of the Coeur d'Alene area. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful part of the country. 
all the whole Northwest, I think, is a beautiful part of the country. Very uh, and and you know, from us Midwesterners, it's it's kind of like this best kept secret that we didn't think the Northwesterners were going to let us in on. But uh, yeah, it's it is a beautiful place to visit. But so walk me back a little bit. So give me a typical day when you're in Arizona and you're sitting there. What is the what's the, kind of the frustration that's going through your mind that, that says, hey. I got to bust out of this, you know, as, as you said earlier, this rat race and, and get to something different and, and not only, you know, earn a living, but really change a lifestyle. Well, it starts back actually um, with two, two very poignant moments in my life when my mother passed away when I was 12. And then later my dad died. He died in 2013. So for me, the idea of working until I retire to then live a life that I dream of just kind of seemed not possible or perhaps there's not a chance that it could happen, you know? And there was a fire in my soul, Kevin, for any other lack of a better way to explain mm -hmm. it. Like that I have got to do this. There was something driving me to get here. And, um, I had a great job. I mean, I, I was making six figures. The company supported me. It was, I was doing something I really enjoyed. It was marketing and I gave it up. I gave it up because of this calling, because of this thing inside of me that says, I need to be home with my kids. I have to give them this lifestyle. Like it almost brings me to tears right now and I'm not much of a crier. So it, I promise there won't be any waterworks, but it can move me to that degree because that is deeply how it was feeling. It, it's like almost in the, the, the Napoleon Hills says it perfectly in Think and Grow Rich. It was a burning desire. And I could feel it with every fiber of my being that I had to go. Well, I'm going to circle back in a, in a few minutes, uh, just kind of lay some more foundation on this whole transition. But um, let's, let's, let's segue here real quick. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to kind of change your lifestyle. We're going to pack up the kids, pack up the family, move to Idaho, find a log cabin and live there. So a whole other thing to be able to afford to do that. And how do you kind of support that lifestyle financially? So yeah. you and I just stepped on an elevator. We're going up 10 floors. You got about a minute. Tell me exactly what you do to, uh, to make a living. Well, now we make a living in two ways. My husband um, is has an eBay business going. So he, this town is amazing for finding treasures. So he buys and sells things mm -hmm. uh, as well as he has an experience being a real estate investor. So he coaches other real estate investors um, to buy gold and silver at wholesale prices. So that's how he's bringing in an income. And then I have been called to coach and help people who also want to get out of the rat race. So who's, who's your ideal client? I mean, if, if you're on Facebook and somebody contacts you and you're kind of doing that, the initial discovery and talking to them or whatever, give me a kind of paint a picture of who an ideal client would be that would fit your coaching profile. Okay. Well, to be really candid with you on Facebook, I promote myself as somebody who is a confidence coach and I teach business owners how to leverage live video. Uh, in order to gain clients. It's something I'm good at with my background in the automotive industry and public speaking. But you know what really I'm passionate about? I was up till three in the morning last night with this message. So maybe this is the moment that I'm supposed to like really announce it here. Hey, that's why we hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I am like 
ready to help somebody who is sitting at their house thinking there has got to be a better way. I know there's a way out. They have a dream. They have this fire just like I did. And I am here to help them walk through that valley of fear to get to the other side because I have walked through it myself and I can help them. And I know the courage it takes to stay focused and to stay committed to your dream even when it gets hard. So that is my ideal client, is somebody who is desperate for change and is willing to do what it takes to get there. So you just outlined that. I mean, and it didn't just occur last night at three o'clock in the morning. I mean, you kind of, you can look back at your journey that, you know, how you walked that journey and now you're helping other people walk through that. But so is that something you're going to change and refine on your kind of your Facebook page or, or your coaching page that says, Hey, you're, I'm going to narrow these down more and say, really, this is, this is kind of my sweet spot, kind of the, the niche target market, the niche avatar I'm looking for, or is it, or you think it's going to be broader moving forward? You know, that's just the thing. I, after working in the car business, we had this phrase when you worked in finance, it was called selling air. And what that basically means is you're selling something that isn't tangible. You're selling mm -hmm. a warranty. Yeah. Okay. So the way I look at it is selling a dream is selling air for me to work with a client for me to even get somebody who's got this dream, oftentimes they can't even articulate it. Sometimes it's just, it's a deep whisper inside of them and they are aware of it, but they're so uncertain of what the next step is or even how to go. They're not searching for a coach to help them, you know, right. escape the rat race basically. So I don't really see how I can be that specific and that targeted. That is a message I sprinkle out there because mm -hmm. people that do know my story and I share my story, they're drawn to me for that reason. But I leverage my experience in marketing as well as business and management to meet people. And as I meet people, I, it's like, the, it's the most amazing thing. It's like the more I meet people, the more people are drawn to me, then they hear what I have to say. And then it's like a perfect match. Like it was like divine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it kind of works itself out. I don't really necessarily have to tout myself as a dream maker, essentially, mm -hmm. because I think everybody has a dream, but just some people are more willing to risk, take risks to get what they want than others. So walk us through the, the kind of the business transition. So like the last day at the car agency, you're in the car, you're in the, you're in the minivan with all the kids and the dog and, and the family and you're headed north. What was going through your mind as you're driving down the highway? Was it, was it William Wallace and Braveheart screaming freedom or was it, you know, this utter terror or some like combination of the, of the two? So for me, I focused intensely on my mindset and in order to get to this place, even to be able to have the moment where I was on the way, I had to make this an adventure. I had to put myself in that frame of mind because I know that our brain doesn't know the difference between what we tell it is real and what is real, mm -hmm. right? So I could have focused on, oh my goodness, what am I doing? How's this going to work? I don't even know anybody. I could have gone there. But instead, I chose to say, this is an adventure. I'm going to find new people. We're going to make new friends and new relationships. And I just really went into that space of finding the enthusiasm about it and the adventurous spirit. And I made sure to do that with my kids. That's what made it really fun for me. Hmm. It was kind of neat because my husband is much more of a, I don't know, he studies 
economics and he's, he watches the news and he has his own beliefs about where the world is going to go. So for him, uh, this move was much more of a get out of Dodge <laughs> type mm. of a move. Yeah. And whereas for me, it was, I want to live somewhere pretty. I want to live this dream. This has to be in a good feeling space. So I did, you know, uh, this is actually a really good thing to mention because I think that as any business person or entrepreneur, when we have a drive to do something, but it might clash with our significant other, mm -hmm. it's really powerful to know that we can all have I guess essentially we can want the same things, but for different reasons. Yeah. And that's the harmony we were able to determine is he had his reason and I had mine. And I said, I need to keep my little happy bubble and focus on what works for me. You can focus on what works for you. And together we were able to get here. So speaking of timing, who, who had the, the dream first, who had the thought first and did the other one, did, did it take a while for the other one to kind of jump on, on the bandwagon or how did that work? So back in 2012, I'd had my third, my third son and I was actually working in finance at that time and it was brutal. I was only getting four days off a month. And so when I came home and I would see my children and they looked like strangers, mm -hmm. I, I, frankly, I had a meltdown. I mean, this was a time in my life where I was in crisis mode and I just told my husband, I can't do this anymore. This is not working for me. And we had a wonderful chat. And that's when we started to decide, you know, to determine that both of us had this dream of living off the land, of being somewhere rural, all of those things is where it started. So that was 2012. Then that's where things started to go back and forth. Like one time I would be really ready and just let's do this. And yeah. then he wasn't, and then he was, and then I wasn't. And, you know, we kind of did this dance for a while. It's like, I feel like it's almost playing like double Dutch. Like you're almost ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you're just yeah. like almost ready. And then finally I said to him one day, like, when are we just going to stop talking about it and get it done? Like, when are we going to move? I'm tired of just talking about it. And it was at that moment that we made the decision to get the house ready, put the house on the market, clean it up and get our, our butts in gear basically to get out of town. And um, that's when things actually started to really happen. And were you talking to your kids through this process or was it, would you kind of bring them on board later in the, in the process? That's another interesting question to me was your, you know, what's the wisest thing to do? I mean, you know, some kids would, would sense, you know, would, would not operate well in, in kind of the uncertainty and other kids would be like, Hey, I, I've been ready to go for a year and a half, you know? So. Yeah. Kids can be our best motivator, can't they? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they definitely keep us accountable. That's for sure. Um, yes. I would talk to my kids about this dream because as a mom working so much, it was, I missed them. I missed them terribly. And when they would ask me to mom, can you go to lunch with me tomorrow? I can't. Yeah. I have to work. Yeah. Um, that, that was so sad for me. It just broke my heart every single time. And ultimately, um, I finally started to tell him, look, it's not going to be like this forever. This is what mom and dad are working on. But I was really good about setting that expectation so that it wasn't like, it's not going to happen tomorrow. These things take time, you know, but this is our plan. It just really making sure to give them a decent timeline every right. single time I talk about it. <laughs> so. 
And this, I mean, I, I could I could continue to chase this with questions in different ways, you know, for for the rest of the evening here. But but um, I mean, everything you say kind of triggers some other question that I that I want to kind of chase a little bit. But so you know, the basic premise of of rising tide is about you know really online business. But another passion that I have that I just love to to you know when I have spare time and I'm doing Google searches and stuff like that, I love the tiny house movement. The whole mm-hmm. tiny house movement. And I mean, there are so many people that are that are kind of going through the same transitions that you're that you're describing, you know, the homesteading, the permaculture, the green movement, the, you know, uh, working online, transitioning from the corporate cubicle to, you know, more lifestyle business type thing. And I just love the, that whole transition, the digital nomad space and, and things like that. But what, what would you say, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to, to hear people, especially if they're like raised in an urban environment and then they want to go and they want to homestead. And I, I say homestead in, in air quotes, like I want to I I grow my own food. I want to, you know, what, it, what has been, and I don't know what your background is. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming it was more of an urban, urban area in, in Arizona to, to where you are now, but what's been the biggest, say, surprise or the biggest thing is I was not ready for this one. You know, what's, what's been the biggest uh, or the most difficult transition, I guess, it might be a better way. Well, I thought it was going to be the, I thought it was going to be the weather because, <laughs> hmm. you know, going from Arizona where it's hot right. and then to four seasons and having snow and it, I, surprisingly, I ended up loving it. I just love the weather. Um, the hardest thing for me, frankly, was leaving my sister. Okay, so my sister moved to Sierra Vista. Her husband's in the military. And so that was one of the things that made it easy for me to leave anyway was that she was three hours away. So we were seeing each other, but it wasn't as often. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it's no big deal because we'll just hook up on social media. We'll talk a lot. We have video chat. You know, It'll be just like seeing her regularly. And it's not. Mm-hmm. And when she came up here, she visited me in May. And when she left, I bawled for a day. I mean, I'm not kidding you. That was one of the hardest times. And I was more shocked by how that affected me than anything else. Because I'm like one of those resilient people. I'm just a very bounce back, you know, kind of just go with the flow. And I was surprised because it didn't bother me when I left Arizona. I was fine. I was absolutely fine until almost a year later, she comes to stay with me for a week. And the day she left, it was like ripping my heart out. Mm, (laughs) And you know what? I connected some other people who did the same thing and said they went through that too, where there was a surprise they didn't see coming. And then even to this day, they, they still struggle with having to leave family again. I I certainly understand that that would be a difficult transition. And as your nice little segue to kind of what my follow up question is, as far as the transition is concerned, I mean, so, you know, you said you were making a good salary at the, you know, in the car business. So how has it been? And you don't have to get into numbers, but how has it been from a financial standpoint, um, you know, going into coaching, you said your husband's doing some eBay stuff on the side and, and maybe other coaching as well. But how has it been? And that's, that's a pretty stark, you know, shift. Um, I'm, I'm sure your expenses probably went down because, you know, maybe the location, maybe the fact you're growing more of your own food, you know, you're living a little more lean, that type of thing. I mean, so how has that been? How's the financial side of things been? 
Well, it's definitely a, a new experience and some might even say a challenging one. Um, it's okay with me because I know that this is what I wanted. I wanted a simpler life, you mm -hmm. know, Part of what I noticed about living in the city and being stuck in the rat race is the more money I made, the more money I spent. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it's like I always seem to not have enough. And I'm like, hey, I'm making a really good amount of money. Now, I had savings and obviously we have savings. So that's one of the things we've had to help us get here. Um, and then, of course, our house had equity. So that was wow. also really helpful. But um, to totally transition from like the city life, you know, where I could hit up Target or yeah. Costco or, you know, hit with my kids and all that stuff to where I live is two hours away from Costco. It's an hour and a, it's about an hour from a Walmart. Um, so I have to be honest with you. I love it. I wouldn't yeah. change it for anything. Uh, you know, it's a thrill for me to reduce my expenses and to get down to a point where I am living self-sustaining that's exactly what i wanted so uh, even though it's a challenge and it's new it's probably been harder for the kids i think though than for my husband and i because yeah. we mentally prepared and knew what we were walking into and they came from the city so they also are used to doing fun things and you know relying on electronics and the easy access of the city to okay guys get off your screens and go play in the woods <laughs> so i mean I'm that's probably been the biggest <laughs> and watch out for bears. Watch out for bears. I thankfully have like a herd of kids, so you know, together they're they're pretty <laughs> ominous. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, speaking of transition, I mean, health insurance would be a transition. I mean, are you if you're in a rural location, how are you doing internet? I mean, what are what were the what are some other transitions that you you've kind of had to make the the shift on? Okay. It's funny, like you think, you know, when you're walking into it, you're thinking about all that. But then when you get there and you're doing it, you forget that that was important. That was one of the things that we knew we needed. We knew we needed internet and we needed good internet because when you live out here, sometimes all you could get is satellite and you do have to be careful, especially when you're trying to buy property from one state to another, because obviously we didn't have the, I didn't have the time and we didn't have the resources to just fly up once a month and come check out sure. property. So we had put an offer in before we ever even came up here. Our offer was accepted. Mm -hmm. Then we made our trip up to check out the house. Of course, we had asked the realtor to find out about the internet, found oh. out about the road access. She drove up and did a little Skype video with us so we could see, you know, before we agreed to everything. But yeah, that's definitely something you have to think about. If you're going to walk into um, changing your career to where the internet is critical, yep. but we have really great internet. Um, what was the other question you, you like had? Health was insurance, like, and you know, normally oh. it's through your, your, you know, your, your job in essence. So, okay, well, here's the honest to gosh truth: as much money as I was making, the health insurance was ridiculous. Mm. Okay, for me in my job, it would have been nearly two thousand dollars a month because I was over this bracket and yep. however they figure it out. Right. Plus, the company I was working for was still considered small, so the premiums were a lot. And I prefer naturopathic doctors and chiropractors and things like that. So any money I was spending on healthcare wasn't even going to my deductible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I, I factored it out one year. I figured I would have been spending almost $30,000 a year on health insurance 
and going to the doctors and it wasn't worth it. I was only going to need to spend maybe $2,000 a year. So I had canceled my insurance years ago. I hadn't had regular health insurance. I went with more of like a um, I don't know what you call it, like a third party type of a company. Like a med share plan it. type thing or. Yeah. 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 Something like that where it's more for like critical illness right. exactly. you know, type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that still applies even when you live at home, you can be a part of those kinds of things. But what else was really cool? We found out when we moved here, the, um, the clinic in town, they offer reduced rates and, if you, so it's, so right now, because we don't technically have a regular income, mm-hmm. we fall into this weird in-between bracket for the first year, if that makes sense. Right. Oh, perfect. Based on, yeah. Okay. So because of that, um, they give us like 90% off to go to the clinic and it works, it's working out. I mean, this is what's so cool is like things just work out. Everything right. has just been kind of falling into place. And this would be a great time for one of your children to go to college because you're, uh, you're based on your income for this year. It would, it would probably look really good on like, like for FAFSA and, and, you know, Pell Grants and things like that. But it's, it's really interesting yeah. story that, that just the things that you've got to think through as you're, as you're making this transition. And, and uh, I mean, I, I, like I said, I could, I could continue to ask questions and I think that listeners would find it extremely, you know, valuable. And I will link up your Facebook, your group to, you know, in the, in the show notes, but I want to, I want to just kind of transition a little bit and take a little bit of a deeper dive here and, and just really kind of get inside your head and, and ask you some questions that, you know, they're, you know, really kind of, kind of, uh, what are life driver, you know, what's, what's the deep dive inside Lindsay's head here. So the first question I've got is, is there somebody online that really, I mean, you mentioned the family that you were watching on YouTube, but was there anybody else really online that you would say that person really inspired me? Online, the answer is no. Personally, Uh I would say no, but that's because it was working so much. And when I was home, I was with my children. I would be completely present. So I wasn't watching YouTube. I wasn't watching internet. I don't follow other people. I, um, I just focused on the, on my kids. Um, I guess I can see what you're asking me though, is if somebody inspired me to do what I'm doing and the answer is no. The truth is I asked myself one day, because I got so sick and tired of being miserable, I said, if I could wake up tomorrow and live my best life, and God gave me everything I wanted, like I had all the money and resources, and there was nothing stopping me, what would it look like? And then I wrote it out, and it this is exactly what it was. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's perfectly okay to have a, a, your inner voice be your, be your, your driver or the, you know, the, the yeah. dream that you have internally, and. So let me let me shift a little bit. So who would you say has been your primary influence in your life? It might be a little different way. So the to primary kind of phrase influence in my life is a woman. Yeah, no, I, I that makes sense. Um, her name's Kathy Hart, and I call my I actually call my coaching business Heart Growth Coaching in her honor. If you noticed, it's spelled not H E A R T, it's H A R T. Um, when I was nineteen, I met her obviously after losing my mom and getting working real, I moved out right after I was 18 and then I was a 
pretty much a mess. <laughs> a 19 year old mess trying to be a big girl in the big world. <laughs> and I happened to find her and she became kind of a surrogate mother. This is, this was back in like 2001. Mm -hmm. I don't even think coaching becoming a thing yet. I don't really know what year that really started to be a thing, but she was a coach, but didn't know. She didn't call herself that. She just said, I'm a mentor. Um, she really took me under her wing. And what was neat about it is she would schedule these sessions with me and we would focus on nurturing tasks. And she taught me how to listen to my inner voice. She taught me how to nurture myself, which essentially means giving myself what I'm wishing the world would give me with my thoughts, with my feelings and all those good things. Um, and it was four years I worked with her. I even lived with her for about a year. So it was like having a mother again. It was actually very, she taught me more about life, <laughs> about myself, about truth, about all of those things. So she is a very dear person to me um, who also actually passed away. So I've definitely experienced a lot of loss of important yeah. people in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think all that kind of plays into the, the idea of, you know, if not now, then when, you know, I mean, the, the whole mentality shift that you went through that said, you know, I could work all my life and then retire and then do this thing, but why not do it now? Why not try to make this thing happen now and, you know, and really enjoy the kind of the, the fruits of your labor in essence at, at this stage. But so tagging on that a little bit. So is there like a, a life quote that, that kind of drives you? Is there like a one line quote that, you know, you, you, tell yourself all the time you got taped up on your laptop. I mean, painted on the wall, just kind of a one liner. Okay. Does it have to be my, can it be mine or does sure. it have to be something no, somebody no, no. else said? No, this is, this is, uh, this is your space. Okay. Yeah. So I tell myself I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of you. My love language is words of affirmation uh -huh. and my dad, so after my mom passed away, um, you know, he struggled with alcoholism for a while and all I ever wanted was to make him happy. And I realized that growing up with that need to be somebody for him and then never hearing that he was proud of me, um, I felt this empty void and I learned to tell myself what I needed to hear. And the first few times I said it, it was extremely moving and powerful, but now it gets me through every day. I wake up and say, good morning, Lindsay. I'm proud of you. You've got this. I'm right here with you and we're going to make this happen. That's exactly what I say when I wake up. <laughs> and when you want, the next step is you've got to deliver on that promise. So yes. <laughs> I've seen you online. You deliver on your own promise. <laughs> it's true. And I give myself that motivation to, you know, look, let's be honest. Everything I've done in life is scary and hard. I mean, there's been, I, 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 there's been countless things I've thought to myself looking back, like, holy moly, that was insane. I can't believe I actually did that, but <laughs> I did do it and it was okay and it worked out. And there's been one person there with me the entire time and that's myself. Mm. And if I know that I'm going to get anywhere in life, it's going to be with this girl right here. <laughs> That is that I, I love that. And uh, that is exactly right. You're exactly right. So if you could, if you could go back, um, I mean, when approximately what year did you make this transition? How long have you been in, in Idaho? We just moved in December, literally right before Christmas. 
So the transition was kind of last fall, you were selling the house in Arizona, buying the house in Idaho, packing up and, and moving around Christmas time. So go back just before Christmas. What, what is one thing that you know now that, that you wish you would have known then that would, that would have made kind of your transition or your business transition, your business life easier? Well, it's, um, I don't have an answer to that, Kevin, because the truth is I wasn't coming up here to work. I was coming up here to raise babies and be a home ec, I call it Susie homemaker. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not cut out for that. I'm just not cut out for that. I did that for, um, from January until March mm -hmm. and I was going stir crazy. I'm like, well, my purpose has to be more than just raising kids. And I love my kids. I mm -hmm. know that's important. And it was very, um, it was actually really confusing to understand why was I so driven to be here with my kids? And yet, why do I have this calling to do something more? And I just, it was a lot of back and forth trying to figure it out and understand what am I really trying to get? What am I really doing? But there was this interesting thing that was happening before I moved. Um, I couldn't explain it other than to say, I know I have to go to Idaho. I had dreams about it. I had visions of being here before I'd ever even set foot in the state. I know something I met, I'm here for a reason, right? So when I started to get that inspiration to really help others, then I started to realize, okay, now I'm starting to see why I'm here. I get it. Like, so the thing about me is I'm not, I'm not a very, um, think through things kind of person that almost sounds weird, but I'm, I do think through things, but I take action in the process, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Sure. So I'll get an inspiration and then I immediately act on it um, very quickly. And then I tweak it as I go. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of how I work on it. You know, you did a podcast recently with, I think her name was Danielle yep. just last week. Yep. She said, so I even reached out to her on Facebook for that same reason. I said, wow, I love the fact that I can meet somebody who does just what I do. You just take action. You don't take time to listen to your head and listen to your family because I mean, my aunt told me this was a bad idea. Do not do this. What about this? And what about that? If I would have listened to all of that, I wouldn't be here. And, um, I think if I was to go back and tell myself something else, I would have just shut up and said, let her go. <laughs> she needs to do this. <laughs> well, I, and as you were answering the question, I was thinking maybe the better question was, what have you learned since you transitioned? You know, what have you learned about yourself or you learned about, you know, um, the, the transition that you, that you put into practice and you answered it perfectly. You know, I, I thought I was coming up here for one reason and I ended up very quickly you know, figuring out that it, it's a, it's a bigger and broader purpose than that. So, which is, which is a great, great spot to kind of transition into our, our final segment, which is the segment where I just get out of your way and, and let you teach our audience from your area of expertise and from obviously the path that you've walked, you know, not just recently, but over a number of years that has led you to this point. So Lindsay, you have the you have the mic. It's called the Rising Tide Micro Course, and you're the professor, and we're the students. It's all yours. Great. Okay. Well, I am here to help anybody who is in a position where they are ready for more in their life, and they're just simply not sure how to get it. So the first step is to create clarity, 
And as I mentioned earlier, the number one way to do that is to ask yourself, take out all of the excuses or possible reasons why something couldn't work and ask yourself, what if it did and what would it look like? And then write it out and visualize it daily to the point where it becomes a feeling, a burning desire. Um, like I said, I could feel myself in Idaho before I ever step, set foot in the state, right? So that is the number one most important step. Uh, to help yourself get clarity, the rest will work out because the next step is to make a decision. So nothing can happen in our lives until we make a decision. I mean, if you think about that and you even look back in your life, nothing has gotten to you where you are now until a decision was made. It doesn't happen by accident, right? Even if we're not sure, we're still leaning more towards one way or another. There is definitely a commitment on some level within us that makes that decision and makes it possible. For us, that decision happened the day that my husband and I talked and I said, when are we gonna actually do this and just stop talking about it? Um, that was when we said, we're going to do this no matter what. I used to be the person that thought, if things were hard, maybe it wasn't meant to be. I would doubt myself or I would question whether or not I made the right call. Maybe I was going in the wrong direction and I was quick to change. Um, you know, from here to there. But I learned something through this process, and that is to commit. Life is sometimes hard. Finding our dreams is not always going to get, it's not going to be roses and puppies. Um, sometimes it takes just grit, sheer grit. Um, and that's really what it takes is a commitment. So once we decided to commit to making this happen, no matter how hard it was, no matter what process we've got through, no matter who in our life said not to do it, we were united and we were committed to our dream and then it happened that's when things like magically happened i'm telling you we went from living in arizona to having a house in idaho in our name in 60 days even my realtor said that's unheard of i was qualified we found the right house we negotiated it and closed in 60 days after 10 years of dreaming about it. So that just indicates to you how powerful it is to make a decision and commit to it. So you first get clear, you make your decision, and then you commit to it. And that's my, that's my uh, mini course for today. What a, what a great, concise course. I mean, and, and you've kind of walked the steps and this is, this is applicable to so many things. I mean, it's, it really is kind of, you know, just get clarity, kind of, Get in your mind, look at, look at the variables and ask yourself, and I love the question, don't ask yourself why it's not going to work, but ask yourself, what would it look like to work? Or what would it look like, you know, how do you make this happen? And then the second is, you know, you're deciding that I'm going to act on, on the conclusions that I found and, and the kind of the, the dream that I've got. And then thirdly, once that decision is made, you're all in, you know, let's burn the boats We're we're committed to make that change. So Thank you for, uh, for just taking the time just to give us that, that micro course and, and what a great micro course it is just to, to really help people that are, that are needing to make a major transition, a, a lifestyle transition, and whether it's in business or life or, or some combination of the two. I mean, it's, it is, uh, it's just a great way to lay a, lay a good foundation for somebody that's going through that. So, Lindsay, as we, we've talked for you know, a few minutes here and covered a lot of ground, and there's probably much more ground to cover, and maybe we'll just have to have a round two someday. But is there anything that I haven't touched on right now that you kind of want to close us with and, 
and um, then just tell people where's the best place to find you online if they want to get in touch with you and just thank you for coming on, on the show here. Well, for starters, thanks for giving me a space to, to share this message because I know that this story is meant for somebody who's just ready and primed to do something in their life and do something that they didn't think was possible. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention is I do have a book coming out. Um, uh -huh. It's called um, Making the – well, it's the, the theme is Making the Impossible Possible, and my heading is uh, Escaping the Rat Race, My Journey to Freedom. It's a collaboration effort of women across the world with stories just like mine that are just as inspiring. So this is going to be coming soon, and I'll be announcing the launch date on my Facebook page, which is where you can find me. Um, Lindsay Sutherland is – is my name and my handle is um, mastermind mom of four. So that's how you can find me on Facebook. Well, we will have those links in the show notes. Um, do you know approximately when the book's going to be live? So they're waiting for some more authors. Um, it's actually, I don't have the exact answers. I just asked about this recently and they're still getting everybody to write their stories and bring them together. Um, if you Google her story with Gertrude Maschi, uh, she's an amazing woman who basically in the moment of her, she was having a heart attack and decided she had something more to give the world. So she lives in Indonesia and decided to create a worldwide conference, a global women empowerment summit. And she is launching a um, hundred excuse me, a thousand speaking engagements across the country with a hundred speakers. And part of that is the book. So they sell the book at the conferences and I'll be speaking at those as well when they come to the Pacific Northwest. Great. Great. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for just taking time today and, and just kind of sharing with our audience, just your story and your transition story and just, you know, kind of gold nuggets and, and words of wisdom for those that, that might be considering making a similar transition. And once again, we want to thank you for just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Lindsay, have a great evening. You too.